Welcome to the Share Life Podcast with Jason Scott Montoya, where we explore stories and systems to live better and work smarter. In this Listen to Learn discussion, I'm chatting with repeat guest and business consultant, Lauren Heisey. Lauren, say hello. Hi. Uh, listeners can check out my uh, 2020 conversation with Lauren on episode 28 of the Share Life podcast. In this conversation, um, we're talking about her mission to have 100 lunches with 100 people and the lessons she learned along the way. She started in 2020, around when we first chatted, and uh, I think I was one of the earlier lunches. And, uh, and so she has now finished these 100 lunches two years later this summer. So in 2019, uh, Lauren, who is a continuous improvement specialist, transitioned from corporate America, working with Nielsen and AT&T before that, to the entrepreneurial life as an independent coach and consultant. She works with business owners to rapidly get from where they are to where they want to be. And we originally connected through the organization um, she's involved with called Kettering Executive Network. And uh, I had actually spoken at one of their events uh, about Path of the Freelancer and how to flourish as a freelancer during the pandemic. Um, well, now she's finished her 100 lunches and I wanted her to share the lessons she learned in the process. Her project is a similar one to what I did when I jumped into freelance and my recommended go-to approach for anyone jumping into entrepreneurship. So Lauren, go ahead and start by telling us about this mission, when it started, when you finished and why you began it to begin with. So, um... I so how this started. This is back in 2020 when we couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> the whole world kind of shut down. <laughs> and you're um, you're a new entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I was a new entrepreneur. I launched in 20 in 2019, and then a year later, it's kind of like everything just kind of everything just kind of stopped because nobody was nobody was spending money. But I wasn't going to let that. I call it a de small defeat now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that it felt huge. Um, I, and so I figured I was, a, I had participated in someone else's hundred lunches and um, I had met her through um, another network I belong to called Women and Lean. And um, she's over in, I think the, I think she's in the UK. Um, and I forget what number I was of hers, but I loved the concept. And then I was thinking um, one day, I was like, um, I was talking to my friend of mine from Australia and I said, you know what, even though we can't see each other, we're doing a lot of, we were doing a lot of uh, FaceTiming mm. and um, because it just was, you know, just because you can't see someone in person doesn't mean you can't see them, you know, like this. And this, yeah. I think we all discovered that we can all do that. So after I was part of someone's lunches and talked to my friend in Australia, I was like, you know what? I told my husband, like, I know we can't go out to network, but that doesn't mean I can stop networking. And so I just, I asked one person to be, hey, to be part of my lunches. And then I started on my journey down that. Um, I did a lot. So most of my lunches were all virtual um, until about 2021. I think, uh, I'm trying to think maybe springtime of 2021 or maybe in the summer of 2021. Because um, I, I remember my first lunch, it was with a gentleman from Kettering and yeah. his name was Carl. And uh he said, would you be open to having lunch? That was the first, I think the second or third time I was asked if I was okay, okay and open to meeting lunch. I said, yeah, sure, let's get done. I had my vaccines and we're supposed to be starting to get back out in the <laughs> world. <laughs> so since then, since 2021, my lunches have been both virtual and they have been both virtual and in person. Um, 
and I've, gosh, I've met, I've met so much amazing people. I've met the furthest away was two people from Australia and then, um, yeah, two people from Australia. And then I think I've had a bunch of people from, uh, over in the year in Europe as well. And then, but most majority have been here in the U S probably cause it's easier to do it based on the time differences. Um, and a lot of them lately have been in the Atlanta area just because of Kettering. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. I've been trying to do a lot of net, a lot more networking locally as well. Cause I was trying to get into more local businesses, but that doesn't stop me from, you know, meeting people from all over. Um, but uh, the lessons I've learned, I think I've asked, I've had a few people ask me if I can write a book and I'm like, oh, that's a lot, right? I guess I could just <laughs> compile all my lunch posts into a book. Uh, but I've learned so many different things about different people. And um, I do these without any agenda, without any, it's more of me learning about other people and figuring out how I can help them, right? Doing, doing something, pay it forward. Mm, yeah. And um, it's interesting to me, like I've met um, people that I've known for probably maybe even a, a few years, didn't know enough about them to know who they really were and once you start having lunch with them and you connect with them on that on a different level versus of so if it just being purely business you get to meet them on a more personal level and um and i think that's how you develop great relationships in fact being an entrepreneur people always ask me well, how do you sell and i'm like i think uh that was one of the biggest things that got out of this is learning how to talk to people and have um, more of a relationship business with people as well with mm -hmm. a lot of my clients. So instead of thinking my clients as just a client, I'm, it's it's more how can I help them? And that's, I think the relationship business comes more and in, comes into that when you work with your clients for a, a lengthy amount of time. Yeah. So would you, <laughs> would you say that was a change in yourself um, in terms of like the relational focus? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. A, it was a change, and um, it got me over being scared too, right? So it's more of uh, is always putting yourself out out there. I know, like I, we were just talking about and your know, podcast and building things that way, and it's just uh, and it, I think I got over the hump of asking people to be mm -hmm. part of my lunches, and then it also made it a lot easier for me to talk to people, mm -hmm. it, just in general. So did did um. Did people, the fact that you were going in, into these meetings agenda free, um, I imagine some people appreciate it, but did some people kind of almost question it? Like, uh, you have an agenda, you're just not telling me or like, how did that kind of play out? I did have, I think I've had a couple of people where, uh, especially if we were just doing it over Zoom or a little, um, you didn't understand the concept at first. I said, no, there's no agenda. And they, and they were, they would ask me up until like an hour, what's the agenda? I'm like, there is no, <laughs> nothing to prepare for. It's just about meeting people yeah. and networking and figuring out how can I help you? It's not, yeah. you know, it's, I think sometimes when people network, they get the wrong thing about networking, trying to figure out, oh, she's just trying, it's just for her, but it's not, it's more about them than it is me. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's interesting. Cause, um, you know, when I was doing my, uh, my meetings, I did have, I remember one person, he was, um, he's like, so you, you just want to get together to get to know each other. That's, that's it. <laughs> like, and he just couldn't, he had a hard time comprehending it. And so, um, I don't know, maybe is that the nature of we're just in such a transactional world that to be agenda free is, is almost an anomaly. I, I think it is, especially in, I want to say, 
I was going to say more in the U.S. and maybe, and actually, I'm going to expand that to be more in North America as well, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to include all of North America into that because I think here we're such a trend, like you said, we're very transactional, and so as sometimes people, especially depending on where part of the country you're from, or if you're from even up in Canada, like depending on where you're from, um, I think people are always like what's what's the point what what do we what's what do we what are they trying to get out of this and it's um but where when you talk to when i talk to the people in australia um well those two were actually a little bit different because they were they already knew about the 100 lunches they mm. they they've been embarking on their own journeys but then the, and then people in, in over in europe were very they understood that there was no agenda um i think most of the folks out of Kettering are a little bit different because in Kettering, we're not, it's always, how can I help you? And that's, it's a very pay it forward organization. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think it was a little bit different concept too. Mm -hmm. And I can say, but it, it really depends on what part of the U S people are from too. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's the, while well, people are like, Oh, we're all, for, uh, we ask yes, for all the same country, but each, I, what I've always told people that have, that have first come into the U S um, I said, we're all different. Like we're all the same, but we're all different. Like yeah. each area has its own difference. And where someone says, Oh, the Florida is the South. I'm like, no, Florida. So I'm originally from Florida. I'm going to tell you, Florida is not the South. <laughs> Florida is a melting pot. <laughs> and then, um, but I live now that I live in Georgia, like North Georgia, that's like the South. Like people are like the South, the, what they say that most people will welcome you in, into their arms and they say y'all all the time. <laughs> it's <laughs> truly the thing but then when you go say if you go to um out west it's a whole that's a whole different culture too that's you know just they i mean they're i want to say they're probably a lot more relaxed than some of us over here so <laughs> yeah so i mean how did the pandemic play into this particularly the first year i mean it's uh that's in the middle of it i mean obviously that helps in terms of doing virtual meetings people are more open to it um did you, how, how, what do you, what are your thoughts on, and just in terms of that season um, and as it related to your hundred lunches? Okay. Yeah. So I, I started it cause I knew that there was a way for us to network without having to meet people. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think all of us were, uh, I think all of it, I think I wasn't the only one that felt like, oh, like isolated. Right. So I was like, yeah. all right, you can't just be isolated. Uh, so I took it. I started to take that as um, I took 2020 as a year to grow. And so that was one of the ways that I grew was getting out there and just um, putting myself out there, getting to meet people and um, it, yeah, just getting to meet people. Cause there's no reason why we couldn't talk to people. Yeah. Like you said, um, and how, I, how much of a stretch or outside of your bubble or comfort zone was that for you? Uh, the first 20 were, it was a stretch because I was reaching out to people who have never really talked to before. And so, yeah. um, and I was very adamant at first when I started this, it was with people who I didn't really know, yeah. um, very well. And then I, and then I've had some people along the way who I have known for a while, but it was a way to re I hadn't talked to them in years and we reconnect. I had them as part of my lunches to reconnect. Mm. So, um, it was, um, so it was, it was great. It was great on both ways. Cause people got to know, know more about me, but that got to know about them. And uh, by doing a lot of those connections, I've, I've, I had, I've met with some, I've met with some CEOs and I'm like, and the, you know, and the, the, uh, advice they gave me was absolutely amazing. I learned so much from them. I learned from C and there's, I think I had some CFOs, some CIOs, I've had small business owners 
I've had peers. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, uh, I had an old, um, one of my old bosses for AT&T. I had an old friend. So yeah, it, it, or just people that I knew at Nielsen who I haven't really ever connected, who I knew, but didn't really connect with. Yeah. And so I learned, um, I learned so much about people that way. And I got to learn about how to ask questions. But I also, the biggest thing I was learning was learning to listen without reacting. I think that's one of the biggest things. It's still very hard for me to do, but learning to listen without reacting is a bit was one big thing that I learned as well. Yeah, listening. What, what, I guess dive into that a little bit more. Listening okay. without reacting. Yeah. So um, as a continue, so I I was used to be really good. I'm I'm good about that when I do my consultant work, right? So mm. I'm very good at just listening without really responding. But then I realized um, when I first started networking. And when I first started, um, I, even in my personal life, like, you know, when you're just talking with my husband, <laughs> like I, I always have to like, feel like I have to react to what people are saying. And I'm like, you know what, there's no reason why to do that. And I always felt a little stressed out about it. And now mm. I'm like, I have to go with it with this more casual. So it's just, it's, uh, what's the saying? Like, uh, you were given two ears and one mouth for a reason, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so the idea of listening to learn versus yeah. listening to answer, listening to win the conversation or whatever it might be. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, and, and that's helped a lot to meet with she when it comes to even just talking with prospective clients and my clients themselves, when you're first going in and having the conversations is I always ask them, what's the, what's your problem? Like what's your business problem or what's keeping you up at night? And that gives me, I have also learned to, and this tells me I don't need to have an, a right, an answer right away mm. unless they ask. It's just more about me learning. So what do you think that is? Like, what's, why are you compelled to, to want to give them that when what you're, you're saying is I don't need to give them that. What's, what is it that's going on in you that's making you want to do that? Um, probably because I just like to help people. I think mm. that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, that's, uh, that's why I love what I do. I love helping people. Um, and I, I think, you know, each one of us are as consultants and freelancers or whatever that we do, we each have our own thing that we try to help solve. And at the end of the day, I think we all, at least me, I just want to help someone. And the only way for me to do that is to truly understand what the problem is. So yeah. I have to listen, I have to listen first before I can help them solve their problems. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned like, me, meeting people all around the world. So this is kind of an interesting shift from local networking to sort of virtual networking, where all of a sudden you're meeting people around um, the United States and, and different parts, different countries. So it, what, what would you uh, kind of highlight about that dynamic that was refreshing or restricting or something else? Um, I think the biggest refreshing was just learning, uh, learning about different people and living and learning about the different parts of the world, actually. Um, it's it's interesting to learn how we are all the same, but all uh, we're similar, but we're not at the same time. And learning about the different cultures from people are from. I mean, there's even people here in the U.S. that are originally from other parts of the world that I've met, and it was interesting to learn how they grew up, you know, what they did, and um, while some of the stuff that we we would do as children would be similar it was also vastly different too. So it's kind of, I think that was the interesting thing was learning about the different cultures, learning about people themselves, learning about where they live. 
and it's kind of put a lot more on my travel my travel list that I want Yeah. to go to now. <laughs> all the places you want to visit <laughs> that maybe you hadn't even considered visiting. exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're doing a hundred lunches over two years. Um, was it, uh, was it, I, I can kind of imagine like at some point in the beginning, you know, you're wondering like, what am I doing? I'm crazy. Um, or maybe towards the end, it's like you're at 80 and you're like, oh man, this, this has been a good run. Do I need to finish? Did, did you feel any of those things or were you kind of like committed to, to it from beginning to end without any doubts? Um, I was committed to it from to the uh from beginning to end, but it did take longer than I thought it would because I had to pull back the frequency I was doing it at. Um, at first, um, when I when I was starting to rebrand and looking for more clients, because twenty twenty is a little hard because, like I said, um, people weren't spending money right at first, so I had some free time in my hands. So I used that as a learning learning period and get it in building brand awareness. Yeah. Um, so I was doing a lot at first. It then, as I started to get toward the end of 2020, you know, clients started to pick up again, the client works started to pick up again. So I had to kind of draw it back where I was only doing maybe, um, one or two a month versus saying like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. So And then, so yeah. Well, so on that front how how <laughs> did it affect business then? um, it did help build brand awareness. Like I think, uh, people got to know who I was and know what I did and, you know, I got a lot more followers on LinkedIn that way <laughs> Yeah. or just in social media in general. Um, so it, uh, it did help generate who I was. And, and so that was, that was a good brand awareness building. And then, um, it, so it did help with the, with business a lot. Yeah. And did you find And then, that it was people that you were literally meeting with or was it more like um, connections of those connections? uh, both. It's Yeah. probably both of those, both of those. Yeah. And they always say, you never, you never know who you're going to meet and who might be your client one day. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny. Cause um, yeah, I've, I've had some of those kind of agenda free uh, relationship building meetings and lunches. And then, uh, you know, a couple of years later, like, Hey, I want to work with you, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. I've had, I've had those for sure. And, um, and then other times it might be a referral, um, uh, you know, it just, it just depends. So Yeah, that's what I'm going to see in 2020. A lot of my stuff came from referrals and then the same in 2021. Um, yeah, a lot of them came from referrals or also just need to also just, you know, just hammering away at it, I guess. And not hammering is not the best way. Knocking on doors. There you go. Knocking Yeah, on doors. yeah. So was it, um, you mentioned, you know, having to pull back on the number <laughs> of lunches, which slowed down your pacing. Were there any other shifts you had to make just in terms of like taking care of the clients you had and, and continuing this mission and um, any other lessons on that front? um, I just say, you know what, at the end of the day, um, trying to balance all of that. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little hard because, you know, You, I, I have to, you know, when I sign clients, I'm very um, focused on my clients. When I get them, I give them my all because that's why, you know, that's one of the things I, I want to make sure that they get with, I want to make sure they're getting the value that they expect. Yeah. So, but then, um, but then when you tell them, Hey, um, I can't, you know, I'm going to be out of pocket for a couple hours, to be honest, they don't really, uh, and you tell them, you know, and then they, they find out what you've been doing. A lot of them, find it like, oh,
ended up meeting a professor at University of North Georgia. Um, and I do a lot. Uh, he asked me a lot of times to come, like once a semester to come up and talk. So that's usually like an all day affair. And people are like, okay, that's, I'm like, I'm going to be gone for this amount of time. If anything like comes up crazy, you know, just give me a call and we can, we'll talk about it. Uh, but just don't expect you to respond right away. But you can tell you, no one's, it's, yeah. uh, it, everyone understands that, you know, you got life outside of work, right? <laughs> I guess yeah. that's how you put it. <laughs> so while you're on that note, tell everyone why they should be a freelancer or a why? consultant. <laughs> why should they? Because you get to help people. <laughs> And it's How's a lot it? of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are the what are the perks that you like that are different than your corporate background? Um, I think the biggest perks is working with clients that are ready to that are ready to that are ready to go. Right. So a lot of times when I worked in corporate, a lot of you saw a lot of um red tape, mm -hmm. a lot of times. And so when prospective uh, cl clients start talking to you, when they're, they're either when you when the respective clients you start to figure out um are are they really ready and if they are then you you know when they're ready to sign on the dotted line or two they may not just be ready but they maybe they need a little coaching with some strategy or help there so that helps build and then that helps with the business development um i think it's you get to meet a lot new people outside it like when you work in corporate you kind of just aren't just meeting people within your company, but when you're outside of corporate, you get to meet people from all different areas and all different industries. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just, it's, uh, I think it, I find it, uh, while I used to find the work, I did the same work in, in Nielsen at at and and it was really rewarding. I think here it's a lot more rewarding than yeah. it was beforehand. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, so you're doing these hundred meetings. Um, what are the things you're doing that are, also um, helping you and, and so, you know I saw your social media posts hey this is lunch number 12 or 35 or 97 um were you how, how did that play into it and did you do other things like blogging or other activities um so yeah I write about all I do write about all those lunches um I do write a lot of articles for I do write articles I haven't written anything for my own site lately I should probably get back into that but I do I've been doing blogs but I've been doing a lot more for like some publications once a quarter um, or I write for some other firms yeah. that I might partner with. So I do a lot of, I do a lot of that. Um, that's pretty much what I've been doing or in the social media posts, right? Blast and yeah. post in this. And, and I do send out a, so I do send out a newsletter. I try to send it out once a week. Um, yeah. Sometimes, you know, life gets in the way and it might be every two weeks or once yeah. a month. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That, that email is important. That yeah. with the social, how did the social posts play into all this? Um, to be, the, so the social posts between um, my continuous improvement stuff. And um, I also do like a happy Monday and a Friday. And I kind of tie that back into continuous improvement, but um, it, by doing the lunches posts as well, um, it's interesting. I don't know people. I was like, are people really reading the stuff? But then I find out people are reading it and they'll reach out to me. So as I started getting closer to 100, um, it's interesting. I've had so many people that wanted to be part of my lunches that I've excited to expand it into 200. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that might take another two years, but um, <laughs> or, or may take longer. Who knows? Or less. Um, but uh, people are really, really interested in being a part of that and learning how do you do that. In fact, I've had um, I've had two people reach out to me that have landed in new positions 
in leadership, um, higher up. And they asked how they want to know how, what I did and what I do so that they can get to know their um, people that are now working for them. So they can do that as well. Like, like no agenda, just to get to know them better and create that uh, relationship. Because um, as we start and find out, it's not always a leader telling the employee what to do. It's more of a, it is a very much of a two-way street and that's going into more of that. So I've okay. had some people ask me about that I've, and I've had some other people that launched their own. So that thought it was super neat to do. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, did you, did you find that you almost uh, had a following of people that were like, go like almost like a marathon, <laughs> go Lauren, go Lauren. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> In fact, I think, I, I think I'm more surprised a few people that, like you said, when you got to the ADO, it's been good run, I'm done. I find uh, some people thought like, were surprised when I got to 100 and they're like, I'm like we were rooting for you but we weren't sure if you're gonna do it and I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna do it <laughs> in fact did you ins- go ahead go ahead did you inspire anyone else uh did anyone else go I had to do this 100 lunch thing yeah I've had a few people that that started their own that I've had lunches with yeah yeah it's been yeah, interesting <laughs> yeah well I think it, the other thing that comes to mind is sort of this idea of letting go of control I, I don't, do you relate to that at all in terms of this, this experience? Yeah. Yeah. 100% <laughs> letting go. It's almost uh, just, you know, it's hard. I think as individuals, a lot of us like to control what's going on, but we can't control everything that's going on in the world. And I think the hundred lunches taught me that as well. Well, the pandemic first taught me that, but then I realized, you know what, I, if I can only control what I can control. Yeah. So that I think the hundred lunches helped with that. So I'm like, okay, the, yeah, the world might be feels like it's going crazy, but at the same time, all I can do is control how how I react to it, and that's how I was reacting to it, just growing and learning. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fun. How with the when you started doing lunches in person, did it, did it feel good? Was it weird? Uh, how did how did that play out? Um, I so at first I have my first in person lunch. Uh. I was so super excited just to go out to lunch. I think I got a little overdressed <laughs> because I was like, okay, I get to go. I'm going out to lunch. This is, this is great. And uh, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. And I think, you know what? In fact, two weeks later, I went on, uh, we like we, we had been traveling. Like we haven't really traveled, but then we started traveling a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think after that lunch, I went, um, I went away for a long weekend. And yeah. I was like, oh, so good to get out and just see people. I'm a, I'm an extrovert. Person, yeah. So um, getting out and seeing people, I liked it. It's a lot of fun to do that. So yeah. Were there any uh, particular milestones that stuck out just along the way or any kind of moments or, or events or tipping points? Um, I would say, so having the first in-person lunch was a good milestone. Um, getting to the 50 was a good milestone. Um, some of the, uh, people that gave me some really good advice. I mean, there's some really good people that gave me some really good advice and that, that I've kept in touch with obviously has been a good one. Um, knowing that there's some people that if I have questions about anything, I know I can go ask them. So I think it's the relationships. And then of course the 100 was fun. I, uh, it was, I was Ed from Kettering. He, uh, he didn't know he was my 100th lunch. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> So how did Kettering play a role in this or, or how much of a role did it play? Um, so Kettering helped. And what so, is Kettering for those that don't know okay. what it is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Kettering is, um, is an executive network in the Atlanta area. 
Um, I think we have, so I'm being my chair, I should know this. I think we have like 350 active members. Um, the way it works is, you know, once you're a member, you're always going to be a member. Um, it, but if you become, you become in, if you, don't, you know, if you don't pay your dues, you become inactive, but you still have that network of people that, you know, cause he, um, but Kettering is, if I pick up the phone and someone knows I'm a Kettering member, they're, they're going to pick up the phone and, and meet with me. Meaning that if I have a question or I've, you know, just have a question or if there's something that um, I need some help with or anything, so I know if that person belongs to Kettering, they're going to help me out yeah. along the way. Um, and that's it, what it is. It's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a very pay, it's a very pay it forward organization. Um, we're very, in order to become a member, you have to be sponsored. Um, we do have some criteria that we do like to have people meet. But, um, but I said the first time, my first experience, um, I remember walking in and I'm like, I remember coming home telling my husband, like, everyone is so nice. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's a little different. I wasn't used to that. And um, and that's what it is. Everyone's, everyone's really, really nice. And in fact, I've been out and seen people and we're like, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, in fact, um, probably about a year and a half ago, my dad was visiting up from, was up here visiting from Florida. And we happened to be at a lake, a lake, it's called um, Lake Lanier. It's one of the lakes here. And um, we're, we're going to a restaurant on the water. And standing in front of me was at the time was the president of Kettering. <laughs> <laughs> I got to introduce them to all of my family you know my family and stuff so I was like oh look see how nice <laughs> they are <laughs> that's cool what uh so when you think about community building like how much of a role did this play in cultivating your community growing it uh, how do you feel about community differently than you than you did before yeah so <laughs> um uh, so building a community so um I think they used to always say uh who is it? Your tribe, right? People always talk about their tribes. Um, and so that kind of equates into community in my mind. Um, so it wasn't like, so um, I was able to build a community of people that I know that I have a pool of people now that if I do have questions or if I need some advice or something, I know I could go to them. Um, Cause I feel like I have like a hundred new friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I do try to keep in touch with people as much as possible. I, it, it is very hard to keep in touch with a yeah. lot of people. Um, but it's been, um, it, it, yeah, having that community is, is a, is a huge thing. It's, uh, I always think, I know there's people on LinkedIn that have probably like 10,000 followers. I think I'm up to like 4,500, yeah. which I think is a really good number. And I'm like, <laughs> and, I've, and, and that's one thing I, I would, I'm seeing people with these vast number of people. I'm like, are they really connected with them? I mean, okay. Yes. Yeah, there's some other that are just, they're big influencers, and I know they're always going to have a big following, but I always, but I feel like community is a big thing. And so if you get to know your people on a more personal level, it's a little bit different than just having thousands yeah. of people you really don't know. Yeah. So what, like when you think about trends, like whether they're technology or business, like did you notice any shifts um, through your hundred lunches um, that were noticeable in terms of just the change in the world and how, how uh, technology and business affect it? um so that's you know it's kind of plays into what i what i do and what i help clients with right so with continuous improvements so business process improvement and then also adding technology into that um i think it's interesting i've met with people that were like that were scared of technology 
And I think, um, I think my biggest thing that I always try to tell people is like, don't be afraid of it. It's just here to help us. It's not going to, it's not going to be a Terminator take over the world. <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, if, if we use it as a vehicle for some purpose, it, it yeah. can be a good, and I yeah. think we get, we get, we can get stuck in the idea that it becomes about the technology and that's where we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. And it's, it, what's interesting <clears throat> though, is I've, some of the people that I've met that are involved in technology, um, under, uh, you do it, believe it or not, they, they understand that. Like it's, it's a vehicle to make people's lives easier. And I think as the world has changed, I think a lot of people want to find ways where they're not at work all the time. Like, so that's what I love helping businesses help change and help yeah. uh, create an environment that's with problem solvers, but, but also taking away the mundane tasks. Right. So I think business leaders are seeing that are seeing that they need to talk to their employees more and that they have to be more, a bit more transparent and seeing to take <clears> that technology is okay now. And I think a lot of people got more comfortable with virtual meetings because it was a way of, that's the only way we could do business for a while. We weren't allowed to go visit in person. In fact, I mean, wasn't it just this year that a lot of the COVID restrictions are finally being dropped within the past three to six months. So people understand that it's okay to meet virtually. And then once, um, maybe it's that the best way to do things is to do things virtually for a while. And then, um, and then meet in person every once in a while, you don't have to meet in person all the time. So, um, even though I still think some of the bigger corporations are going back into that mode of, we need to have everybody in the office and they see that people don't want that. Mm. They, they want to have the, the ability to choose what's right for their, for their life which is a big thing. I think work-life balance has become a big thing for people. Yeah. And so I'm going to see, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, especially with this uh, financial stuff that's going on in the world right now too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild, a wild ride. We're on the boat in the middle of an ocean with the stormy weather. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. It's going to be interesting to see how, how people embrace it. In fact, um, just, I'm going to see just the organizations here in Atlanta, um, just knowing who the big, who the big corporations are. Some of them are, we're trying to bring people back in the office and then they realize they can't do that because nobody wants to go sit in an office yeah. for five days a week. It's just not, it's not something. We yeah. Can do. And I know people that moved, right? Yeah. They, they couldn't go back even if they were forced to, <laughs> yeah. they'd rather quit than, than move back, you know? Oh yeah, I know a lot of people like that too. Um, I know a lot of people that have done that or said, "Hey, we, uh, no, we're not. I'm not moving from here. This is where my family is. This is my kids are like they're realizing, you know, kids are more important than the job too. So if their kids are say a sophomore in high school, there's no reason to move them. Let them finish that out. And that's having a remote, being able to be remote and virtual is a good thing. That's why I said I think we might start to see we're still seeing some struggles and the balance of that, but I think it's going to come better as things go on, especially with, or if there's a recession, people are like, you know what, maybe we don't need to have everyone in person all the time. <laughs> yeah. There's benefits. Um, so what about uh, like your ideal customer? Like who's, who's the type of businesses that you like and work best with? Um, I usually work, so I work, um, uh, from anywhere. I used, so my smallest customer had 50 people, um, we think 50 people. Um, I worked with, um, a small business around like that, around the small, medium, about that size to, uh, fortune 500s. So, yeah. 
Um, I work with what I do. It just depends on what they're looking for. Um, a lot of times it's just going in and doing, figure out where, where the inefficiencies are in the process. And usually sometimes we just start very, very small. Sometimes I, I come in and they know they need, they have this really big problem. I got to help them with that. So it's, 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 it's a broad of things of where I work. Um, what are, what are some of the, what are some of the pain points or problems that, that tend to stick out? A lot of the big, uh, it depends on a lot of things. So like, so, you know, I've had, I've done some work in the accounting areas or finance areas of companies. And this isn't, this is um, industry agnostic, but where they've had, um, it's there, it takes, there's a lot of manual tasks, right? Along collecting payments. Mm -hmm. Um, and that also kind mm -hmm. of falls into doing into payroll as well. Like a lot of exceptions, a lot of manual exceptions, but going in and saying, okay, does the, do you really need to be doing that check all the time? Or is that really, is that really efficient way of doing things? So finding the best practices and applying that and efficiencies. Mm. Um, but it's not me telling them what to do. It's more of me doing assessment, figuring out what's like process. It's usually something simple as process mapping. Sometimes I'm just sitting there to see how long it takes and just yeah. having a conversation with people to know what they do on their job what they do and then putting the pieces of the puzzle together so they understand what that, what that looks like. And then also understanding what their customers are experiencing mm -hmm. and a customer is, is internal and external and then bringing everybody together and figuring out to get and helping them understand how, how to learn and how to problem solve. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it's just, it's just me guiding them through this whole process and helping them and, and maybe asking the right questions along the way and listening and then um and then understanding what the root causes are sometimes we look at data for that like doing some statistical analysis data analysis and then having them pinpoint how do they solve that the best problem the best uh solutions come from the people doing the work themselves yeah and i was tell i was told my clients because i was usually have the first conversation is with the leaders yeah and i just say let's they're going to have the best, they're going to have the best solutions. I guess I might have some best practices that I can apply, but I want them to see what they have first. And I'm going to tell you a lot of times those best practices is people already know what to do. Mm. Um, they just didn't feel empowered enough to, to maybe say something. So mm. when I run, so when I do. So you're helping them to voice, voice yeah. their opinion, to disagree when it's appropriate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's really, it's really just about, and it's, it's funny. It's a lot of times it's, it just takes getting people together and start talking. Mm -hmm. Um, and once getting into one room or it can be, it could be in person, it can be into our virtual room, whatever it's, it's a lot of times it's just, um, breaking down those silos and getting just people to mm -hmm. talk and to be well, honest, that, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that that tells me that they're not doing, there's not enough listening happening. <laughs> right. They're right. It is communication. is a huge thing. Um, and it happens across, it's not, um, it's not just at the fortune 500 level. It is at the small, at the lower levels as well. Um, cause people are protective about their jobs. They want to make sure that, um, at the end of the day, most people want to provide value into what they do. Um, they, cause you know what, you spend what, eight hours a day working, at least, you know, it depends on what you do, but that's where you spend a good chunk of your day yeah. is working. And usually the biggest selling point for me is I'm just coming in here as a third person to help you but at the end of the day we just i want to give you make your work make your life easier right i want to help you solve these problems and 
figure out the best way for you to do the work. So you're not, so you don't have to work overtime. So you can yeah. go back, have that life work balance. So you can spend more time with your family. That's yeah. usually a huge thing, when, especially when it comes to change management. I think it's a huge buy. I get, you get buy in that way a lot easier. Yeah. So you're helping these clients with automation and streamlining processes. How do you contrast that with this, with your relationship building and community building that you've done? Like how does automation and streamlining tie into or uh, um, create problems and when it comes to relationships? Um, you know what? I don't think it creates problems. I think it actually helps it. Uh, yeah. And that's what, yeah. So especially, especially when people see that, um, they're to, there to help. So the relationship building, I'm able to take what I've learned from my lunches and I was able to apply it with my clients, right? Just yeah. like listening. And um, it, it, what's funny is uh, a lot of times when I go into like just listening, trying to do the assessments, like the current state assessments to see what they, what the problems are, where the figure out where the problems are and then listen to people before I bring them all together in a group. I like to meet with them all individually or in smaller groups. Um, a lot of times they, I just sit there and listen. I'm like, I'm just here to learn what you do on a daily basis. What is your process? I don't want to, cause a lot of times uh, I don't want to look at old process maps. I like to know what they're doing today because to be honest, what's might've been mapped out three, even just three months ago is not usually relevant today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or, yeah go ahead. Say, or they don't share what exactly they're doing because they were scared yeah yeah it's interesting you say all that because uh you know just recently elon busk finally bought twitter yeah and i was i was thinking about that i thought you know if he was smart he would probably take several months just listening before he changed anything <laughs> yeah. and we'll, we'll see if if he does that but but it, i think that's a big part of it is just listening understanding before before changing right yeah yeah i've and i've done that too i've had people that i've known in my network that have made me moved or transitioned into a new company um and a lot of times they'll come and start talking to me and i said i, and I usually my advice to them is let's talk again within an under like in 90 to 180 days mm -hmm. um i can come in and help you a little bit with strategy i said but, uh for me to try and go make changes without you really know what's going on. So sometimes they will bring me in just to learn what's going on, not yeah. make changes. And then the changes will come probably six months later. Yeah. But a lot of times it's um it's me just going in and just learning to help them learn so that they have a, a true assessment of what's going on. But even then that's a little hard, especially if they just started because, you know, they're like, oh wait, who's this person coming in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I usually say let's let's wait, you know, bring me in about 90 days in and then that's that way you can develop your relationships with your people a little bit better yeah yeah so looking back at these 100 lunches any anything else you'd want to lessons learned anything you'd else you'd want to highlight that we haven't already talked about uh biggest lesson learned is just getting out there and meeting people and just becoming comfortable with it and um i've always told people this um especially people um i mentor um don't just stick to your industry or stick to your company just be open to meeting people from from all over um it's especially because you never because you never know right in this day and age it's i what you might be doing in one industry can actually be done in a different industry um and i would say just be just have those connections and keep up with those connections those are yeah. the biggest things i would that i've learned cool so on that front like how would you how would you say 
what is the difference between creating connections and maintaining them? Like, what does that look like practically? Oh, maintaining. Uh, so creating connections is just going out and meeting people. But then um, a lot of times, it, well, in the old days, right, we used, to get the, we used to get those business cards. I think now <laughs> a lot of people could just like do it right. They'll do it virtually and do it at LinkedIn. And even though I still get business cards now, um, but it's actually uh, the first step into creating that connection and maintaining it is, you know, is sending a note on, hi, nice to meet you. We met at such and such event, or I met you through this person and maybe highlighting something that I do. Um, and then keeping up with those people, right? Maybe once a quarter, it could even be once every six months. It depends on yeah. how busy you are, right? Just dropping a note, or if you follow them on LinkedIn, just you know, commenting on stuff, or if you see like you know, LinkedIn's really good about letting you know about people's birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> um, just things like that, right? Just create and just always reaching out in, in those ways. Or if you saw something like um, I've done this before, um, especially with other people that are in consulting that are in a different area of consulting. Like I've had some people that do financial consulting or are uh, fractional CFOs. I've, I've, put, I've come across things where I know people need help. And I'm like, I would connect them. I'm like, I try to try to keep those people in mind. Like, Hey, I, yeah. this is something that might be of interest to you. Go take a look. Or yeah. if I read an article or a book or something. Yeah, that's cool. Anything else? Um, That's pretty much about it. Yeah. I think it's just, just being open to connect with people and just, uh, and just always being, being on, uh, just being open. Don't be so close minded. Just be open-minded. Yeah. How can people connect with you? Uh, um, where are you located on the social medias, websites, uh, internet? Yeah. So LinkedIn is, <clears throat> I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Instagram, but um, it just look for Lauren Heisey or Lauren Heisey Consulting. Um, you can go to my website. The best way to get to my website, I do have, just just go to laurenheisey.com and that'll, that'll yeah. link over to my other website. <laughs> cool. And, and then uh, if they want to sign up to your newsletter, I assume that's on there as well. Uh, yeah, the best way to sign for my, you know what, I need to automate this. We talk about automation <laughs> and technology. I need to automate that. It's on my to-do list. But um, if they want to get on my newsletter, just they drop me, um, connect with me on my website. Um, there's a, a contact us there that will that sends me an email or they can connect with me, send me a direct message on LinkedIn or Instagram. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for sharing your life with us today. Oh, thanks for having me on again, Jason. I'm so excited to see you reach 100. So, <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Life. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. We look forward to having you listen in on the next episode of Share Life.